Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. So we're in a series called Healthy Choices. Just go ahead and repeat that after me. Healthy Choices. We're not talking about kale, carrots, and exercise. At this moment, we may talk about that, you know, before this series is finished. But, you know, tell your neighbor, not today. It's not about kale and carrots today. It's about healthy choices that literally are going to make a difference in your in your life. These are decisions that you make. In fact, I often say it like this, that that you are today because of your choices that you've made in previous days. And you will become tomorrow, you know, based on the choices that you make, that you make today. So choices are very, very important. We don't just arrive someplace in most situations. I mean, we've got things like tragedies, you know, that that, that aren't dependent upon us, but very seldom do we just arrive at places in life and, um, and, 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 and not have played a part in, in where we are at that, at that current place. And so I hope that makes sense. Like the good things in life, you know, um, uh, you know, it pretty much in most situations alludes to the idea that you've made some good choices. If you find yourself dealing with a lot of trouble all the time, one of the best places that you can look is the choices that you've been making. And so we know this, that, that this church is filled with a lot of people that make good choices. And the way that we can say that is because of the fruit that is being produced in the church. However, with that being said, please don't feel like you've ever arrived. None of us have ever arrived. None of us will ever arrive. And, and, and while there may be, you know, several that are moving in God, growing in God, you know what I mean, believing in God, trusting in God, loving God, like, like they're, they're, they're on this, you know, they're on this, um, this state of growth in the Lord, Please recognize that there could be somebody, maybe even sitting right next to you, don't look to your left or to your right, but there may be somebody that is not growing at all. In fact, there may be somebody that because of the misapplication of God's word could be dying. And I'm just saying that just because we come to church and we devote our time and we, and we, and we, um, uh, I, look, <clears throat> This is going into a place that I didn't even feel like it was going to go today. But once again, I want to remind you, at the, at, the, at the place of judgment, there are going to be those that say, we have done these marvelous things in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I did not know you. And so these people, it alludes to the idea, it, gives, it paints the picture that these people themselves are deceived in believing that they are in right standing, in right relationship, in, in walking properly with God, only to find out on that terrible day for them, wonderful day for others, that they didn't even know who he was. And so... Healthy choices. You being here today, Pastor Hobby already said it, 
is a healthy choice. Thank you for making the decision to being a part of God's house. It doesn't matter if it's here. It doesn't matter if it's someplace else. As long as it's a Bible-believing church, like you really need to be rooted and grounded. And, um, and this is something that we are, where am I going? Holy smokes. This is like, this is something that is quickly going away. People, people do not plant like they used to plant. And I'm just telling you this, that just because culture shifts and culture changes doesn't mean that culture is right. And I'm telling you that oftentimes uh, culture is quite the opposite of what God wants in our life. And so, so. The choices that we make, this is a shirt. I came up with a shirt. I want a shirt made of this. The choices that we make determine the roads that we take. Or you could even say, the choices that we make create the roads that we take, right? Because it might not even be a road that's established, but be, with, your, with your choices in doing something different, Come on, you can create a new path. Proverbs 2 and verse 11 says this, wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. So in week one, we talked about the importance of taking the next step. And I want us all to know that there's always gonna be a next step. Like, like you could be, you could be, you know, 80 years old and 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 serve God the entire your entire life. And I want you to know that there's still a next step. Amen. There's still something next that God is calling. He calls us up. He calls us further. He calls us from glory to glory. The second week we talked about living the generous life, being generous. My, my, my wife recently had an experience where she saw, um, uh, 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 instead of a generous spirit, what she was able to see and her eyes were open to it was a stingy spirit. You know, that it's really all about me, a superficial, you know, spirit. It's better to live open-handed than it is to live closed-fisted. Like, guys, I, I mean, honestly, we've got to ask ourselves how much is enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I want, I, I've got nice things. I want nice things. Um, but we have to ask ourselves, like, like, when is enough enough? When is enough enough to where we can begin, you know what I mean, if you're not already living the generous life? And then last week we talked about the importance of staying connected. And um, this is what I want you to know. There's something that matters more in life than what you believe. What matters more than what you believe is what you do. And I really feel like as I was putting this message together that the Lord just says, Travis, there are so many people. And I'm not talking about in this church, but, but potentially in this church that they know, but they don't do. They know, but they don't do. And there's a lot of reasons that can, that can keep us you know what I mean? From doing what we know we should do. One of those things is pride. Another is fear. Another, I mean, there's so many things. We, we you know, we, 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 we talk ourselves out of why God isn't or, or can't bless us when he's blessing everybody else around us. But, um, but today, what I want to do, and I've titled this message, The High Cost of Low Enthusiasm. The high cost of low enthusiasm. Like there is a tremendous cost 
for you just to be mediocre and to be blase blah. I don't know who came up with that that statement, but it's kind of a cool one. Blase blah. I hope it means appropriate things. When I think of blase blah, I just kind of think of, hey man, how you doing? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, blase blah. And so we must choose to live with enthusiasm. I don't know about you, but uh, let me just ask, how many of you have more than two Bibles in your home that are your own Bibles? How many of you have five Bibles or more? How many of you have 10 Bibles or more? I am telling you, man, I have, I have people ask me, well, what Bible, you know, what, what Bible do you, do you prefer and read the most? And I told them I've got two. I love the ESV and I love the NLT. But I cut my teeth on the King James Version, graduated up to the New King James Version. And so I literally, I've got, I've got, the, I've got every Bible, unless it's just been written in these last you know, couple years, I've got every Bible. And you know what's beautiful about Bibles is going back, because I'm a person that is not afraid to mark up my Bible. Anybody write in your Bible, mark it up, underlining, highlighting, putting notes you know, where God is ministering? Anybody do that? Anybody think that, that you should never put another mark in your Bible? Anybody, anybody here? Come on, I know you're out there. I know you're out there. You're like, listen, that's the word of God. You don't, you don't add to it. Not a jot nor a tittle. Anybody? Anybody not mark up your Bible serious in this whole? There you go, Josh. Thank you for your honesty. Let's all pray for Josh right now. No, no, I'm just totally, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I love going back through old Bibles that are, that, are, that are my Bibles. I've got certain Bibles that I use to, to, um, to, to marry people, Bibles that I use to bury people, and it's really, really cool. I've done well over 100 of both of those. And uh, it's really cool to go back and to see and to remember and to reflect. And so, and so in going through some of my old Bibles, uh, you know, in the book of De- Deuteronomy, most people, the, the book of Deuteronomy will really begin to speak in a lot of different ways to people because Deuteronomy is in chapter 30 is where there are choices. Like, you know what, he says, I've laid before you the choice. You know, the, yeah, I've laid before you life and death. Choose life. We're going to preach on that here probably in this, in this series. But... Um, But Deuteronomy is one of those books that the Holy Spirit has a tendency just to speak to people a lot. The reason why I say that is because I've got Deuteronomy lined out and notes and whatnot in my own Bible. But I was also given a beautiful gift. My grandpa was was a Pentecostal pastor, preacher, and he was a church planter. And, um, and when he had passed, the family thought it would be most fitting if I was given uh, he, he, too, didn't have just one Bible, but a few different Bibles. I was given some of his Bibles. And amazing, whenever you're going through other people's Bibles, they oftentimes underline the same things that, that you will underline. Not always, but certainly Deuteronomy is one of these places. And we're going to be spending some time in Deuteronomy 28, which ministers to a lot of people. It's incredible. Once again, Deuteronomy, God gives people choices. We just shared one in 30. 
God to the children of Israel, I've put before you life and death, choose life. See, it rides, our obedience rides on, on, on um, or, or our enthusiasm, it rides on obedience and not feelings. Our choices, they, 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 they depend on our obedience, not our feelings. And we live in a world today that says, if you don't feel like it, then just don't do it. And unfortunately, some of that mindset and mentality that, listen, if you don't feel like it, then you don't have to do it. Unfortunately, some of that has slipped in. A lot of it has slipped into the church. If you don't feel it, don't do it. Like you may, you may struggle with your children's, not your children's, your children not feeling like, like going to church. Like, I don't know about you, but I was raised in a time where it didn't matter. When I was with my dad, it didn't matter if I got up and I was not feeling like going to church. It was never an option. And I, I just, I guess I just, I struggle a little bit with, with, with how many, you know, choices that, that sometimes kids are given at a young age that can be detrimental just by them having a choice and choosing, instead of being led. My Bible says that if you train up a child, if you lead a child in the ways of the Lord when they're older, they will not depart, depart from them. And so, so it rides on obedience, not feelings. And this is what I can tell you is that when God is first in our decision, it leads to blessing. The flip side is, is that when we're disobedient, when we run from God, when, we, when we're all about our plan instead of his plan, come on, then that leads to a, a place where there's a great cost. There's a high cost that we're talking about for, for doing the wrong things today. There's a high cost for low enthusiasm. So in the middle of this chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 28, we find a key. There's a key hidden in a box. And the box says, listen, if you want to live victorious over the enemy, then what you want to do is you want to remove this key because this key is valuable in being successful in living and, 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 uh, and defeating the enemy. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 43 is where we're beginning. The foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend money to them. They will be the head and you're gonna be the tail. Now listen, if you haven't spent any time in Deuteronomy, you're confused by now because the early um, verses of Deuteronomy 28, uh, I believe it's right around 12 and 13. Come on, the, the word of the Lord is going out and saying, listen, you're gonna be the head. You're, you're not gonna be the tail. You're gonna overcome. You're gonna be blessed. So, so we get down here to 43 and we're seeing something completely different. What in the world is going on? See, this is not good. And so it goes on to say, if you refuse to listen, if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and obey the commands and the decrees that he's given you, all of these curses will pursue and overtake you until you're destroyed. And at that, I'm just like, no, thank you. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if I'm at a restaurant 
and this is what's dished up to me. This is the plate that's served. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't order that. This isn't cooked all the way. Can you take this back? And, and even though I'm not a person to make a scene and I'm pretty easy to get along with if they get parts of my order right, like, listen, I do not want to be the tail. I want to be the head. I don't want to live. I don't want to serve my enemies. Come on, I want to walk. I want to tread over my enemies. And so you just go ahead. You just go ahead and take this back because I'm not, I'm not taking this. I'm not, I'm not receiving this. Give me a side, an extra, a double portion side of listening because it says listening was attached to this. If you refuse to listen, I want some listening. Give me some listening because I don't want to serve my enemies. The key is, the key is, if you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm, joy and enthusiasm is what, is what all of this is based on. If you do not choose to serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits that you have received, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. And I'm just telling you this, that we better serve the Lord with a little joy and with some enthusiasm or else you're going to be servants of your enemies. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's a high cost for low enthusiasm. That's a high cost for low enthusiasm. Like you may think that your, your enthusiasm doesn't matter. You know, you may think that, 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 that it's no big deal, but I'm telling you what, if you have low joy and low enthusiasm because of what the Lord has done, you will serve your enemies. We are called to approach things with a little bit of zeal, with a little bit of excitement. We're called to worship God, amen? When you come into this place, because of what the Lord has done, come on, you should sing with a loud voice. You should, you should clap your hands. You know, I'm just going to hit something just real quick. It just kind of hit me just, just before service today. Somebody said something, and it just kind of hit me, knocked me over just a little bit. Have you noticed this? And if you haven't noticed this, then I want you to think about this. Take a look at some wonderful scholars, and we love education, and we believe in education, and you should be a student of your word, but take somebody that knows the Greek and the Hebrew, and, and somebody that just, just, they think at high, high, high levels, they think at very high levels, it seems like the more head knowledge that they, that they know, the more head knowledge, in large part, the more that they, that they gather unto themselves, the more disconnected they are with their heart. Sometimes the most educated, high-thinking people are the ones that don't stand up when it's time to worship. Or they're the first, and I'm not talking about somebody that has a, a limitation, you, you know what I mean, with your, with your body and whatnot. But wouldn't you think, like, wouldn't it be obvious to you that the more that you knew about this incredible God that has been so good to you, the more that you're going to be able to get outside of your, your head and begin to worship and begin to praise and begin to, because you know him at deeper levels than, than just the common folk know him. But I'm telling you, what we see 
is we see something totally different. The longer somebody walks with God, the less passionate out they are about him. I'm not saying that that's absolutely true, but it seems like that from what we're able to perceive. So, so we should be excited about worship and teaching and reaching. We should be excited about trusting God. My approach will keep my enemy at bay or my approach will cause me to serve my enemies. It matters. Turn to your neighbor and say, it matters. The key is enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is a biblical word. It's not just a, just not a made up word, but, but it's a biblical word. N-E-N means in in the Greek. And, and enthusiasm comes from the word theos. Which means God. And so you've got in God or God within you, it changes your approach on life. Come on, God in you brings a little bit of excitement. God in you brings some zeal. God in you releases passion. And so enthusiasm is a, is a biblical word. And I'm not talking about fake hype. We've seen that a lot. Hey, woo, 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 fake hype. You know what I love about fake hype is whenever you ask somebody, matter of fact, we should make another shirt, fake hype, and then put this on the back. You know, you ask somebody, hey, man, how are you doing? And you're like genuinely sincere. You're like, how's it going? How are you doing today? And you're like, man, if I was more blessed, there'd have to be two of me. I'm like, psh. That's crazy. Man, how, yeah, the psh. Man, how are you doing today? I'm too blessed to stress. Psh. Do you know this, that you cannot, you can't manufacture enthusiasm. This whole fake it till you make it, it's so cheesy. Like it, it's, it, people don't believe in it. You know, they think, this guy's a quack. You know, it just, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is God within. Because of who you are in Christ and what it is that he has done, that it moves you to love deeper. It moves you to serve better. It moves you to be more aware. Amen. God within, he is my everything. He is with me. God within is with me just as much as he is in the bad times as he is in the good time. God within is in my marriage and my marriage is going to show that God is within. Right? God within is in, in my business. The way that I conduct my business is going to show that God is within. In theos, God within. My relationships, every one of my relationships, not just some of my relationships, but every one of my relationships is going to reveal in theos, God within. God within, it's enthusiasm. And so when God is all the way in and you begin to fill up because God is within, then guess what? God is going to pour out. And people are going to experience the God that was within. They're going to experience it, come on, in and through how you interact and how you share life with them. So the Bible describes what a person that is full of God is like, what it looks like. Romans 12, 11, I'm going to hit these quick. 
When God is, 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 is in your life and God is within and you're filled with the spirit of God, it says never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. You know, it used to be that the number one need for people that employed other people was somebody that had some enthusiasm. Somebody that could have a good smile and somebody that was willing and eager to learn. Like you would be willing to hire somebody with the right attitude, even if they had nothing to do with the, with the area of business that, that, that you, were, you were looking to fill. You know what I'm saying? But now, what is it declined to? Somebody with a heartbeat and breathe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we have declined that far. It's like, listen, I mean, I've had conversations with business owners where I'm just like, man, that's such a fireable offense. You just got rid of them, didn't you? You just kicked them to the curb and let them go. He said, no, I couldn't. Why? Because I needed a body. This is the world that we live in. I'm telling you, just because that's our culture, it doesn't mean that you don't have to live with enthusiasm. Amen? And I'm telling you this, that when you live with enthusiasm, when you live with in theos, God within, people are going to be drawn to it. Romans 12, 11 in the message, don't burn out. It's the same scripture, but it's different. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. It says don't burn out. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7 Since you excel in so many ways, and he's talking to the church at Corinth, you excel in all these ways in your faith, in your gifted speakers, your eloquence, your ability to share the word, your knowledge, and then it says your enthusiasm and your love from us. You're excelling in all these ways. I want you also to excel in the gracious act of giving which we talked about a couple weeks ago, living open-handed instead of closed-fisted. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing that you do for the Lord is ever useless. See, it's all in our approach and how we live life. Apollos in Acts chapter 18, I believe, a brilliant man. He was a debater. Come on, he would, go to, he would go to Greece and he would debate people. And the way that the Bible says that he would win them over to the Lord was with, was with knowledge and with enthusiasm. Knowledge and enthusiasm. Yeah, in the Old Testament, we've got Haggai. Got to get the temple built, need to get the temple built, can't get the temple built. And then there was a high priest by the name of Zerubbabel that said, listen, I'm going to work. And whenever that high priest went to work, he did so enthusiastically and the temple was built in a two-month period, right? Enthusiasm changes things, it strengthens things, it builds things, it creates things, it heals things. Enthusiasm is a game changer. I wonder how many of us would have served the Lord at earlier years in our life had we received a different presentation. I can tell you in my own life, and this is my own life, probably right around the, you know, the, the, the age of 8, 9, and 10, I would periodically, when I was living with my mom in Oregon, 
I would periodically go to um, a friend's church. And I'm not going to say the kind of denomination of this friend's church, but it was very religious. It was very religious. We took communion at that church. Um, Every time that I had gone to visit that church, um, they took communion. And I'm telling you, the pastor went out of his way every time to talk people out of why they are not prepared and ready to take communion. And of course, I never took I never took communion. But honestly, like looking back, I feel like that pastor's approach and his low enthusiasm, it, it, it probably there was a high cost for his low enthusiasm in that he was acting more like a roadblock than an on ramp. And then you take the same person a few years later, I was 14 years old and I was introduced to a woman by the name of Linda Crane. And she's like a second mother to me. And not only did she display the power of God to me personally, but she also displayed the love of God, that God loved me regardless of of the, 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 the sin and the difficulties that I had even been caught up in at that time. And so I wonder, had I had met Linda, and I believe in the perfect timing of God, you know what I'm saying, but had I had met Linda earlier, would I have got on with the Lord sooner? I don't know. I have no idea. The raw truth about healthy choices, John Maxwell says this, one of the greatest things that you can do is to get excited about your life and start to live enthusiastically. Every day by doing this, your whole world will improve. If you wait to get excited until some lucky outer event happens, guess what? If you wait, what does life do? It waits. If you hold back until a more appropriate time to get excited, what does life do? It holds back. You're going to hold back on enthusiasm and develop lots of patience. Why? Because you're going to wait a long time for exciting things to arrive. I'm telling you what, church, like, listen, when in life, whatever you do, you should sit up in your chair and you should lean in and you should pay attention. This lackadaisical approach at life is not going to do anything for you. God is for you. Who can be against you? Come on, you are the head and you are not the tail. Enthusiasm energizes. I got to hurry up. It says, let's go. It takes a good team and makes a great team. Enthusiasm. How many of you have ever played on a team and you weren't doing so good in the first half going to the locker room with a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of enthusiasm? You go back out and you, and you win the game, right? Enthusiasm is an adder, not a subtractor. It adds to your life. It's a mindset that will change how it is that you compete. I've been an athlete all my life. You would never know it, but I've, been an, I've always been into sports the entirety of my life. And I'm telling you what, the biggest, the biggest thing that you can have somebody that is physically stronger, physically faster, you know what I'm saying? But if they don't have the right mindset, most of the time, unless they're just, they're just monsters, but most of the time with the right mindset, you can win. You've got a team that is filled with a bunch of individuals and everybody thinks that they're better than what they are and you take a team that, that understands each other's strengths 
and, 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 and has a, a positive relationship one with another and they work together, that team is oftentimes going to be the team that wins, even whenever their skill sets are, are less superior. Your mind matters. People fall apart in their mind way before they fall apart in what they do. They get in their head, they talk to themselves. They, 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 they get poor attitudes. And I'm telling you, a poor attitude will never help you do well in anything. A poor attitude will, will send you down a road of decline 100% of the time. So in faith, when I was a youth pastor, I always thought this was going to be such a great camp. Like we would come up with camp themes. And, and Javi, I've never even shared this with you, but I had this, it was when the bracelets started coming out, the rubber bracelets. I always was going to do a camp that says, in faith equals great. And the whole idea that as you move in faith, come on, you're going to release greatness. Come on. Even if you're in a bad situation, if you release faith, it is going to equal greatness. It's the same thing that we see with David walking out on the battlefield when all of these trained professionals, these army elites are shivering and shaking. Come on, in faith, he says, listen, these guys don't recognize who the God that they serve is. In faith, he moves out. And next thing you know he's carrying a helmet with something on the inside of it right in faith he, there was victory in that mindset number two enthusiasm elevates the gospel lifts us up and listen if the gospel lifts us up then so should you how in the world can we be christian and be a drain on everybody around us all the time do you realize this, that the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? That shows us, let me, let, me do, let, me, let me give you the definition, that shows us it reveals what's on the inside by what comes out. And not always is it going to be what comes out of your mouth, sometimes it's going to be what comes across the keyboard. See, the, the, the heart, the true heart of a person, the true heart of a person is revealed whenever they communicate with somebody else. And there are a lot of people that are just downtrodden. They profess with their mouth the power of God, right? Yeah, I'm a, I believe in God. I just love Jesus so much. But they're like this. You have no idea what it is that you're going to get. In fact, you see them a long distance away, and because it's not cool to, to do this, in your mind you're thinking, oh, man, what are we going to get today? <laughs> Can I just tell you this? Like, if you are that person, that is ungodly. It does not reveal that God has anything to do in your life. Because if out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks then certainly how you act, and I'm not talking about having a bad day, I'm not talking about having a little bit of struggle, but I'm talking about people that live in this place. They live there, like they don't know, I'm talking about people when things start going better than what you're comfortable with, you will mess it up just so that you can, you can be familiar with your life. That's not godly. God changes us and he transforms us into his image and likeness. 
Come on, if anything was solid, it was Jesus. Right? He wasn't wavering, dependent upon the bad things that happened to him. Like, listen, folks, bad things happen to everybody. You're not the only person that's ever had a bad day. I got to preach another message because I'm going down a rabbit trail. If you're on a date and, 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 and the person that you've created the space and time for is aloof, meaning they're not taking interest in you, they're on their phone, Ladies, kick him down the road. Because guess what? This is what I'm telling you. That guy is on his best behavior right now. Like that's the best you're ever going to get on a date. If he's interested, like that's the best you're going to get. And it's going to go backwards from there. Just say, this ain't working. This is not working for me. If you're at a job interview and they say, listen, what's your greatest strength? What's your greatest asset? If you say, man, I can really bring people down. If, if, you're, if you're like, listen, I can suck the air out of the room faster than anybody. This is what's going to happen. That job interviewer, he's going to be like, well, listen, man, we're going to be making a decision by end of next week. Make sure and stay real close to your phone. Stay real close to your phone. Not. Enthusiasm will lift those around you. See, sometimes people are in a low place and they need to be elevated. By you having and walking enthusiasm, you're going to elevate them. But you cannot continue. Huh. There's a, you guys have heard of my old Arkansas friend. He said this. He said, Travis. Every tub sits on its own bottom. Meaning this, that you can't prop people up all the time. You can't, like, they, like you cannot be somebody's Jesus. But guess what? There are people that will treat you like you have to be their Jesus. And I'm saying to those people that you've got to grow up. You have got to grow up. You either trust in God or you don't. You are in relationship with God or you're not. And I'm saying, listen, I have bad days. There are days where I just want to remove myself. I don't want to have anything to do with anybody. But guess what, man? I don't live in that place. I don't live in that place, and neither should you. God heals others. There's so much, I, I'm going to skip. I ain't got time for that. I don't have time for that either. Second service, tune in, you'll be able to get the rest of it because we go a long time, second service. So how do we do this? Number one, it's a choice. It's a discipline. It's something that we have to be obedient with. We have to take responsibility for our own enthusiasm. It's a mistake to wait on others, to trust in others to build us up. It's a mistake. Number two, we got to hang around with enthusiastic people. We've heard birds of a feather flock together. If, you're, if you are hanging around people that continually bring you down and they're influencing you more than you're influencing them, like, listen, if you're on mission to reach them for the gospel, that's something else. But if they're reaching you with negativity and, and, and next thing you know, you're just kind of blase blah yourself, then you need to cut those strings. Get rid of drainers and complainers and haters because it's ungodly. Surround yourself with people that are of faith. It's more hype. It's more than a hype and excitement. It's in theos. It's God within. I, I got a whole other, David dancing with the Lord, right? 
Wife thought he was just absolutely out of his mind. But here's a guy that was enthusiastic about the presence of God. And then the third thing is this, pray and invite God to come and live with inside of you. Now listen, guys, I, I don't know where you're at right now, but I do know this, that it's time, it's time, to, it's time to align. It's time to align. It's time to not just know, and we hear about this a lot, being doers of the word of God instead of just hearers only. It's time to align. It's time to make some adjustments and some changes. It's time to live enthusiastically. I'm telling you this, that God has given you, you have the spirit of the living God living inside of you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Isn't that great news? Holy cow. So how in the world, so, so how, how, how do we walk around like Eeyore all the time with the spirit of the living God living inside of us? Is it, a, is it possible? I don't think it's possible. I know there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain but can I just tell you this, that the enemy will capitalize on hardships and he will make a bad situation worse. He will destroy you with something that God was, use, you know, was, was willing to use to elevate you. He will destroy you with that same bad problem. God's saying, listen, do you trust me? Watch what I'm going to do. Because of this hardship, I'm going to walk with you and you're going to be stronger than you've ever been. But with low enthusiasm, you get in your own head and you, and especially if you're surrounding yourself with people, you know what I mean? That are just naysayers and, and have low enthusiasm Next thing you know, you're just like, yeah. and you, you are the, you are, like, listen, I have met people. I have met people that like, if, if, if your, if your display of life represents what it means to be a follower of Jesus, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. That's bold, right? Like if your display, if you're on display, like we're in the mall and you're on display saying, man, Come and follow Jesus. Like if you're just like, yeah, come follow Jesus. Like I'm just like pass, hard pass. In fact, in putting this message together, I thought it was fun. I was like, man, I got to find some material. So I, I, I did a search and uh, sermon on enthusiasm. And there was this guy that was preaching this sermon on enthusiasm had zero enthusiasm whatsoever. And I thought, man, is this like, is this a joke? No, this is where this guy lived. See, he was, he was required to, to preach on something because it's a biblical idea, it's a biblical principle, but yet he didn't possess it himself. Man, I don't know who it was. I, I can't remember who it was, but there was a young man that was selling cell phones for a period of time. And he was like, who, do you remember who it was? 
There's a young man that was selling cell phones and, and he was like, yeah, man, he's telling me all the great things about this new, this new company. See, I've got Verizon and he was selling for somebody else and he was telling me all these great things. Yeah, you should check this out. And I was like, hey, listen, what's your coverage like, you know, in the Boise Caldwell area and what's it like out here? He says, I don't know, I don't have it. So he is trying, he's got Verizon too. Like he's trying to sell me He's trying to sell me on a plan that he hasn't switched over to. He hasn't switched over to himself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about literally coming to a place of asking, what has God done for you? What is God doing through you right now? Come on, where are you as compared to where you were? How, what kind of life has he spoken into you? What, is, what are his promises that he's revealed to you? And out of that... There should be a little bit of joy and a little bit of excitement. So this is my deal, guys. You can't have this unless you know him. And I just wanna make sure, is there anybody in the house this morning that is not serving the Lord? Like, you don't know if the Lord was to come back if you were to be saved or not. I really want you to think about this. Or, or maybe you've walked with God and, and your enthusiasm just kinda of died down and you're just like, listen, I need to, I need to, Focus on the good things of God. Is there anybody here that needs to have entheos, God within? Because he doesn't come within until you invite him there. You've got you've to you've believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I just want to make sure, is everybody in here saved this morning? Everybody, does anybody need to make that decision this morning? Everybody's good? I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. We got, we got one. Let's everybody stand up in the back, in the front, all the way around. Let's pray this prayer. Lord, we thank you for today. Make this prayer your own prayer. We thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that you're just not a God that is distant, but you're a God that resides within. God, we ask you collectively and individually to forgive us of our sins our shortcomings. God, I ask you personally, please forgive me of my sins. I know it breaks your heart when I do what I should not do and I do it anyway. But I also know the grace and the mercy of God is new every day. My heart is such that I want to please you, that I want my life to matter and to count. And so I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and reside there. God, your word talks about the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Collectively, Lord, we are praying for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. That we, you, would just, you would just fill us up, God, to overflowing so that not only are our families blessed and we're blessed in walking in step with you, but every single person that is around us, they're gonna be able to say, wow, there's something special about that man or that woman or that child. That's the Spirit of God that is able to heal, the, the Spirit of God that is able to restore, the Spirit of God that is able to build, the Spirit of God that is able to strengthen. And God, for those that specifically were ministered to today in the area of just feeling defeated, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would be encouraged in the Lord. And that thing that has attached itself to them would just be dispelled and it would just be taken off as a coat is taken off. 
I, I speak newness of life. I know that we're dealing sometimes with generational issues and we're taught and we teach and we're taught and we teach. The problem is we've been taught and we teach the wrong things. But God, I speak new life in a new day today. Right now we break off generational curses that hinder us, that harm us, that limit us. And we speak abundant life and freedom in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for these people today. And I ask that, Lord, you would just be with us as we go. Let us be used this week as light and salt in a world that so desperately needs it. Amen and amen and amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.